Joined by our good friend right now who's kicking his 13th year on the PGA Tour off this week at the Sony Open in Hawaii. Troy Merritt joins us from the islands. Troy, aloha. How are you? Yeah, how y'all doing? Uh, thanks for uh, having me back. I mean, you say kicking off the 13th year, that makes me feel old. I can't imagine how y'all are feeling. <laughs> well done. Wait, 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 wait. There you go. That's what you wanted for that yeah. one. Yeah, huh? right. <laughs> you need that one up. Well, I figured I had some retribution coming when I threw out a little social media post uh, showing you as your name is the ball boy and my name is the uh, player on the state championship um, roster from back in 1992. So I was teasing ball boy a little bit on social. So I figured there was an old man reference coming anytime soon. So well played, well played. No, no, those are, those are the, the, the glory years. I mean, there, there's nothing to make fun of back then. <laughs> oh, I, I simply said it's probably the only time that Troy and my name will be on the same program uh, for, that's for right. anything. I saw that. So, yeah. so that's that's probably how that's going to go down. But, uh, hey, congratulations, though. 13 years. I mean, I don't know the statistics, Troy, but the, I don't suspect or what the average length of a, a player who gets his PGA Tour card, how many of those players, what percentage make it past year 10, let alone into year 13 and beyond. But I'm guessing it's a fairly low percentage. I don't have those percentages either, but I'm, I'm guessing they dwindle each year that you stay out here. I'm, I'm sure I'm uh, in the sub 50% category by now, but you never know. <laughs> what What would you say in after 13 years, what's the biggest challenge of keeping your card on the PGA tour? Uh, not listening to all the outside noise telling you that you have to play a different style of golf that you've played your whole life. And in this case, it's chasing speed, getting the power, hitting it further. I appreciate all of that, but, you know, I've been out here now through 12 years. Obviously, would have liked to have more success, but clearly the game's good enough to be out here. And if I can just keep doing what I do and fine-tune that, I should be out here for a little while longer. You know, it was interesting. Um when, when I played professionally, my dad always used to say to me, don't get donkey ears. In other words, don't have your ears so focused on everything else and then what everybody's telling you. And like you said, all that outside noise that it causes you to go away from your game. And, and that's awesome. And because you haven't, that's why where you're at, uh, at, at 12 years and going into your 13th. Yeah, I mean, I learned that lesson from a young age when the kids in my age group all pounded it past me. But I, you know, learned how to play my own game. You know, try to get the ball in play, get it up and down, make good par saving putts, and and as a result, I was one of the top juniors in Idaho growing up, even though I didn't hit it near as far as any of my competition. So, you know, learning that lesson early on in life has probably helped throughout my career on the PGA Tour. Troy Merritt joining us here. I think that's really good perspective, uh, playing your own game, staying within yourself, trying to avoid. And it's got to be pretty easy to look left, look right, when you're standing on a driving range with the world's best players on any side, either side of you, huh? Yeah, and, and, and in that instance, you go into more of fan mode and an appreciation of golf mode and just enjoy it for what it is and try not to replicate it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Just play, play, uh, do what you do out on the driving range. I mean, people stop and, you know, watch me flush it from time to time or we'll sit there and talk about the putting stroke from time to time, especially when I'm rolling it well. So uh, it's, it's not like I'm no slouch out there. Everybody obviously does what they do very well. And 
that's just kind of how you have to look at it. You just have to appreciate, you know, what they do and, uh, and then get back to your own business. I thought, so had, sorry, real quick, ahead. Bob. I thought I knew the, I thought I was going to get one of two answers from you when I asked you about the most difficult thing being out there that long. I thought it was either going to be something about mental or something about physical, you know, with the, the travel and the time away from family and others or the physical toll that, you know, swinging that number of times um, and walking that many miles could have on your body. What would you speak to or say to those two elements of, of being out there on tour that long? Yeah, I mean, especially the, uh, well, both sides. I mean, the mental side, just trying to stay, you know, sharp. You know, when you play basically, you know, the same tournaments at the same courses year in and year out, you have a, that opportunity to get complacent, you know, and, and just go through the motions. So that's definitely a part of it. And I think a, a good way to get through that is you're battling, you know, the best players in the world and, and you battle against all these young kids that are just so good these days that you still have to go out there and, and play the, your best golf and you have no uh, room to get complacent. So uh, that one is, should take care of itself. And as, you know, as far as the physical side goes, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. As um, I've gotten older, I actually feel a little bit uh, younger uh, right now. My body, I mean, I still have a, a little bit of pain, but uh, the bursitis I've been dealing with in my right deltoid and shoulder since June, uh, I'm getting it to subside a little bit right now. And, I had some coming in on the left side about a month ago and I couldn't even get through the ball, but uh, I've gone ahead and been able to get that cleared up as well. So I'm starting to feel a little bit uh, less pain than I'm used to. Um, so maybe that's a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm feeling all right these days. That's awesome. So having said um, the mon- I don't know if it was monotony or whatever of, of, of playing the same courses year after year after year, are there certain courses, Troy, that you play or that events that you go to that you're just kind of rubbing your hands going, man, I can't wait to play this week because I love this golf course. Yeah. I mean, I would say that that's most weeks just, just for the simple fact that I love to play the game and I love to play tournament golf. Uh, if you want to take that a step higher, I mean, I, I and they know my results of shown the last handful of years is I love getting to Detroit and playing the rocket mortgage. Uh, I mean, there are other stops that I've had some good success at as well, that unfortunately not going to be able to play as of right now, this year, Pebble and Hilton had, I got to play my way into those, but, uh, uh, yeah, rocket mortgage yeah, up at, uh, up in Detroit has been one for me that I've loved getting there. I mean, last year it, uh, it cut snapped a 14, uh, missed truck, uh, missed uh, cut streak for me. And, uh, it's just one of those places I, I really like the course. I, I like the area, even though it's a lot different than what I grew up in. And, and I just like the challenge for what it is. And, and for some reason have done really well there. Troy Merritt joining us here on real golf radio. You brought up the schedule and there are some changes as you sit here. I'm guess you've had some time to sort of process everything around this new schedule and the cadence of it all. One of the things you told us early on is you just hoped that there was the opportunity for guys like you to have the opportunity to play their way into these signature events so that you could have the opportunity to take advantage of those elevated purses and such. Are, are you good with the way it has shook out or what are your, what are your feelings at this point surrounding the way it's set up for you this year? You know, for, for what it is, I think it is extremely fair, you know, for guys like myself that did not qualify to get into the, the signature events. I mean, if, if, if you win now, you can get in. And we have uh, basically a reshuffle list 
uh, in between each signature event where if you're in the top five, not already qualified, you get to get into the signature event, basically rewarding the guys that are playing the best at that time to get in and play against the best from last year. So I think it's a very fair system. Um, you know, the tour wants to reward those that are playing the best and those that are winning. And I, I have no issues with it. So talking about schedule, playing this week at Sony, what what uh, events will you play in on the West Coast and going into Florida as well? Well, the nice thing with the signature events is that um, you can pretty much set your schedule for the whole year if you're not in them, and I'm not in them. So right now that's 22 events before the playoffs get here. Uh, it's absolutely every tournament uh, that's not a signature event. So on the West Coast, that would be uh, the Sony and then American Express next week uh, in La Quinta and then uh, the Farmers at Torrey Pines. And then you get a week off and then uh, you go to Phoenix and then you get a week off and then you get hit in the head with seven in a row starting at PGA National in West Palm. So it's, uh, it's a busy first couple months. I mean, you're basically playing, what's that, 11 out of 13 weeks. Um you know, it's a lot more than I would like to, but, uh, uh, like I said, got got to play, got to play everything that you get into. So you have the, the best odds of uh, keeping your job by the end of the season. So it's kind of a different, uh, setup than the guys that are in the designated events. They, they plan their schedule around those events and then figure whatever other events they can kind of fit in. And this is, I guess the exact opposite. So in the sense, if you're in that category of playing the de- the signature events, you almost can play less, it sounds like, than if you're not. No, 100%. You know, and, and I think you'll see those top guys, especially you know that are up at the top of the FedEx Cup uh, standings year in and year out, you're probably only going to see them play 15 to 20 events. I mean, I think there's seven or eight signature events, so they'll probably play, you know, and then obviously the majors. So now you're up to about 12 events, and then they'll probably only play a handful more events outside of uh, the playoffs. You know, they're, they're, they're favorites. They'll pick and choose and who knows, they might not even play any of their regular events. So yeah, obviously uh, you're in those events and you play well and, and, uh, and and you're way up on the list. I mean, there's no reason for those guys to play more than they have to. I know uh, you're not really the political kind of guy and you don't really want (laughs) to jump in and mix it up, but Mackenzie Hughes was felt compelled to uh, say some things last week and, and suggest that not everybody is feeling entitled or that the purses should be doubled and that the pressure should be on the sponsors and feels like they're, they're the, the tour's in a, in a tough spot right now. I'm just curious if you had any thoughts on what he said or if you uh, echo those sentiments. Um, I saw that uh, he sat down to speak. And I saw all the words that he said. I read maybe eight of them, and then I moved on. So I couldn't even tell you anything about what he said in regards to whatever question was asked of him. <laughs> but, uh, nope. I mean, for me, as, as I told you guys, I'm going to go out and play where and when I can. I'm going to play the best of my ability. And whether or not I get the, uh, the signature events or just play the regular events for the rest of my career, as long as I can get a, a full season in and maintain my job as long as possible, that's what I'm going to do. How are you feeling about your game right now, especially starting this new year? Uh, you know what? I, uh, you know, knock on wood, I think I shored up uh, or shored up the, uh, the putting uh, last August before the playoff hit. Got the yips out of there with the new putter and kind of the new setup. And I've uh, been swinging it nicely. Uh, I didn't play a whole lot in the offseason, but uh, when I did, I struck it pretty well and, and rolled it pretty nicely. So, uh, 
you know, you just got to do it now uh, during crunch time. And, uh, you know, the nice thing is I, I like, you know, pretty much all the courses that we play. Haven't had the best success on the West Coast in my career. But, you know, every now and then I throw something good out there. And, uh, yeah, the body feels good. Game feels good. And I just got to put it all into action and, and play well in the tournament. You know, Troy, it's always been a little mystery because you had a lot of success on the West Coast when you were playing at Boise State in college, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, eight I, wins, I think, in college, yeah. right? And most of those were on the West Coast? Yeah, we have won nine times at Boise State. All of them, uh, not all, eight of them west of the uh, the Mississippi River. You know, actually, I take that back. All of them were uh, west of the Mississippi. The one time we played east down in Nashville, I think I had the 36-hole lead, and uh, I didn't get the job done down there at the old Natchez at Belmont uh, tournament. But uh, I like the West Coast. I mean, I obviously had, you know, poor, well, poorer finishes as well, but, uh, no, I, I like the courses. I love the greens, but, uh, you know, playing against the best in the world. And if you don't have everything uh, clicking, you're going to get lapped. And, uh, <laughs> that's happened more often than not in my career. You and I grew up in, in Idaho. We, we grew up on those kind of grasses. You obviously play your fair share of Bermuda and other grasses, but yet, you know, is, does, how much does that, I guess, factor into, or at this point in your career, is that even, does that even factor in? You notice it. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of playing, you know, Bermuda fairways and Bermuda routes and Bermuda tee boxes. I don't mind Bermuda greens, but, uh, you know, if I had to choose a golf course where I'm going to hit shots off of a certain type of grass, I would not choose Bermuda. Mm. So what's, what's the difference between, or what differences do you notice between like bent and Bermuda as far as grain and breaks and that type of thing? Well, for me, especially in the fairways on Bermuda, I I, uh, I tend to drag the club back in the in the backswing at the takeaway, and Bermuda at times, you know, with the grass kind of sticking up in every which way, it can get kicked off line, and if you don't stop or reroute the club correctly on the way back or coming down, ball isn't going to where you or isn't going to go where you want it to go. Uh, that's the main issue I have with Bermuda, and even a contact, you know, thing. It just it looks like it's always sitting down. You know, my wedge game. I still haven't quite figured out Bermuda with the full wedge shots, but, uh, you know, every now and then I hit a good one, but, uh, it's just, there's just something about Bermuda fairways that, uh, I don't see eye to eye with it. <laughs> hey, Troy, before we let you go, uh, this is the time of year uh, coming off the off season when a lot of changes take place between contract sponsors, equipment, caddies, anything new or, or, uh, different with what you have going on. Uh, the only thing I have right now is I, uh, I lost one of my sponsors, Softco. Uh, they're being uh, bought up by a venture capitalist company, and they're not sure if they want to retain any athletes. So I'm one sponsor down. So if you know anybody looking to put the company logo on a collar, um, there is a price range. Uh, my agent's uh, contact info is on my Twitter handle, so uh, I'm sure he'd love to hear from anybody. I like that. And what's the equipment set up this year? Uh, same same as last year, I'm, I'm tied to the bag minus that uh, that jailbird putter that I have. Um, uh, same ball, same gloves, same shoes, uh, pretty much everything. Um, I felt like I hit it fairly nicely last year. I mean, we led the tour in uh, driving efficiency last year, which I didn't know was possible for me, but uh, I thought that was a pretty good stat to lead. So uh, no uh, no changes for me there. How about clothes and awesome. shoes? Uh, nope, I'll look. Uh, I'll look the same this year. I'll uh, be in my rollback stuff and my Lululemon pants. 
um, at least for the start of the year. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll look the same out there, just a year older. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, uh, enjoy this uh, busy stretch. We'll hopefully catch up with you as as it goes along, and we certainly wish you the best. Year thirteen. I gave you the opportunity to call it your Swifty year, and you said that wasn't going to happen. But uh, nevertheless, happy Swifty year. Yeah, no, I, I've got something different. I'm kind of joking with uh, with my team saying, you know, my, my nickname in high school was 24 Carats. So 2024 is the year of 24 Carats. It's, it's new there on the go. Chinese calendar. Yeah. 24 <laughs> Carat? Oh, my. That's not one that I had heard. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to know that one. But uh, all right. Well, all right, two, all right, two 4K. That's right. It's with a K. It's not with a C. It's a K. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Always good to catch oh, up no, to you, my, my friend. Swift, not my Swift year. All right, guys. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Enjoy Hawaii. There you go. Troy Merritt joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. 